So I'll um, talk through some uh, meditation on breathing. Remember this is uh, about sati. Sati, mindfulness, means uh, something happening to me. You know, what's this mean to me? What's going on for me right now, the me sense? So it's not just um, looking at something on a screen or going through some five-finger exercise in an abstract way or trying to be good at it or worrying about how to do it, all these kinds of things. But actually what's happening to me, I bring up that sense. What's ha- how do I know I have a body? Yeah. You sure you've got a body? How do you know you have a body? What tells you that? So it's this mindfulness of body. Mm-hmm. You know, the pressures, warmth, solidity. Feel it. Sense it. Be curious about it. Don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You carry carry around this kind of picture of a body. That's just a picture. It's just a visual impression. Now, are you sure that you have a body? What, what does it feel like? How much of it is there? Does it have arms and legs, big or small? sort of warm sense of solidity movements pressures releases tingles, flushes Never the same from one moment to the next. Like looking into a pond with a flies and fish dappling the surface of the pond. Breeze rippling across it. Currents flowing. Yeah, there's a pond, but how it's shifting, changing. Different currents. And there's one big tide running through that. One continual in and out tide somewhere in there. Mm. You feel it? not a little point, it's a whole tide. And you feel the places where that tide surfaces, strikes the surface, you can feel a, maybe a 
sort of brushing sensation in your nose. Get a certain pressure pushing in your belly. Swelling in the chest. Certain sense of kind of lifting and then subsiding. All these senses, all these feelings, these energies and so on. I'm curious. It's like watching a, a river or a stretch of water with various small creatures darting through it, like this slow, steady sweep, breathing in, breathing out. So ask yourself, how do I know I'm breathing? Am I breathing? Mm. What happens? What does it do? Curious. Is it comfortable? Is it full or full, or is it sort of slightly withheld? Is there any way, just by stretching or relaxing or shifting position, or you can make it more comfortable, more natural, less restrained or forced or tight or What happens particularly around the um, the midriff, the diaphragm? Is that is that able to be soft and open? Is the movement there? What happens below the diaphragm? What happens when you breathe all the way out and relax your shoulders and your chest and just really, you know, have a moment, a break, a moment of just giving up. Take a break, just let it go. Mm. Whatever you're doing, Whatever you holding back on, just the moment you just give it, relax. Feel yourself emptying, you're really giving up. The sense of sighing out. Mm. You breathe all the way out. And just then wait, pause.
let the abdomen decide time to pull, start pulling breath in like you're pulling, like it's pulling a thread in through your nostrils it's fine, steady, smooth thread just reeling it in and you feel your body lift on that line and your chest open feel what happens in your under your throat top of your chest just notice this area uh, as you feel the in breath coming up can you open up that area can you just let yourself be breathed like something inside you just gently moving up opening your chest, opening your throat can you let yourself be breathed can you let the all of that feeling enter you and just move through you without you holding it Let your throat be open. Till something knows you've you've filled, you've had enough. Just wait until <coughs> it feels you've had enough. It's fill it's filled, completely filled. Then wait. It's time to empty again but we're always one step behind the body letting the body do the do the practice let the body breathe and we're just curious interested in supporting that the fullness of that you be more comfortable the places where it feels like you you have to do it it doesn't happen smoothly you're trying to make it work where are those places where it's kind of fluttering or tight stiff or 
Is it your mind? It's kind of pushing it, or um, busy. So you find in the places or the times when it it just slips away or it seems awkward or uncomfortable. And around those times, those places, just try widening your focus. Just as if you're standing on a hill, looking down a valley witnessing your body from a vast space widening your focus to include the whole room widening and quietening, softening calming a very wide perspective you might just notice something you're doing you don't need to do you might notice your hands are tight or your legs aren't really rested or you might notice you you're in a hurry or you trying to get it right or something doing something you don't need to do because it's time after time moment after moment it's taking care of itself We can always widen and deepen to quality of presence, so we can be aware of the, the tight or the difficult or the easy or comfortable, busy, foggy. Got a place where you can come to where the issue of it all, the contest, stops. You can accept. Presence can accept all of this. Place of acceptance is the place where there's a release. Somewhere there's a release from the conflict and the stress. And that release will run 
through back to your breathing. If you stay just staying connected and stay connected to the heart, the quality of faith <coughs> of not giving up on yourself. any kind of form, prescribed form, behavior, action, project, whatever we're doing, as a focus, a sense of uh, mm, governing it, steering it, guiding it, controlling it, making it work for us, making it go well, achieving a particular result and so on. Mm. Whether you're driving a car, um, you know, there's a certain uh, sense of getting it right. (laughs) So we do quite a lot of these activities. You know, life seems sometimes to be just one of these after another, you know, education, school, results, exams, getting to work on time, achieving, succeeding, you know, you can see a lot of it is really focusing on achieving the desired result, goal, Um, this creates a, uh, there's a pressure that's involved that comes around with that. You know. So when it's um, something external, that is, we're doing it so that you know we'll get the result from somewhere else. You know, we'll get the. Pass mark or whatever it is, or exceeding what we're doing, or you know, there's a certain pressure to achieve that, and then there's also a certain anxiety if we don't, you know, get the thing done on time, come up with the goods, and so on. So, focus like that has got a certain tension, anxiety with it, and uh, you know. It goes to our organizational faculties up in up in our heads, in our brains, in our this particular part of our system, nervous system. So it's just kind of trying to get it together. And I think this is one of the big obstacles when we're in meditation, because you've got a similar sort of setup. Do this, this is instructions. Um you know, so many stages. This point and that point, this point and that point. Then you get to the result, which is, you know, whatever it is, samadhi, bliss, peace, purity, enlightenment, you know. Then you've done it. If you didn't do it, well, you flunked, didn't you, really? <laughs> uh, in, a, in a big way, you know. 
So certainly this is a, you know, and that, all that measurements come from outside. You know, Buddha says, see, Buddha's, Buddha is the kind of standing there saying, okay, this is what you do, and, you know, can you get it right or wrong, you flunked. Or, okay, right, right down, you're our stream enterer. Good, bronze medal, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Or you've got jhana, very good. Goodness, I've got jhana. You know, I'm okay. I'm a decent meditator. It took me five years, not bad. Got your jhana. Oh, right, I'm okay. I'm not a complete wreck. You're not a basket case. I'm not useless. I've made it as a Buddhist. You know, and this is actually really it's external. See what I mean? You know, you're doing it for for some notion of enlightenment or some notion of meditation or some notion of samadhi or some notion of enlightenment or some notion of these, yeah? So imagine if there wasn't any of those terrible books about enlightenment (laughs) and you could just breathe and enjoy it and not have to achieve anything or get anything or get any lights or visions or nimitas or whatever. Oh, wow. You know, because then you wouldn't be doing it from this place in your head that wants to organize it and and get it right. You could just actually let your body breathe and relax and be with that. You might even get calm. You might even finally find yourself (laughs) getting to samadhi. That's why, you know, the, the, the first step is really the important step. It's uh, what's happening to you? In not, in the, not in the book, not in the system, not in the instructions. What's actually happening in your body? You're the only one who knows that. Yeah. And just kind of handing it over to the body which has been doing this breathing all these years quite well until you started being mindful of it. (laughs) Then it got all kind of tight and restricted and nervous and became a problem. Because, you know, we we read about mindfulness, we have an idea of mindfulness. We try to do mindfulness. But mindfulness means, really, what's happening to me? What's happening here? Focus and bear in mind what bear in my own mind what's happening now to me in this body, in this feeling, in this thought. What's it curious? What's it like? How does it go? It's like that, you know. For that, you have to put aside the notions and the ideas and the systems and your goals and your achievements. There's a certain faith that just, you know. Because these things are really, um, they happen by themselves. That's the only way they're going to happen. Because the whole process of this is coming out of, you know, this, this practice is that which leads to Nibbana, and the way out is coming out of self-view, which we've mentioned. So as long as somebody there meditating, somebody there trying to meditate, somebody there worried about whether they're going to get it together, somebody there 
feeling they're not good enough doing it, somebody there worrying about how to make it work, is going the opposite direction. It's highway to samsara. Yeah, with the the, the uh, heightened self consciousness. You know, sometimes when you you sit down and you say you're gonna you're gonna decide you can do some meditation or you want to, you you kind of sit sit down and you sit down and you have you sit there for a moment you realize I'm meditating and then this strange feeling comes up of. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, like something comes up behind your thoughts. What are you doing? Make sure not sleepy, dull, not very good. Don't feel very good, dull, sleepy, restless. Oh goodness, here we go, half an hour of this. Till I can get away. <laughs> you know? How the sense of watching yourself is such a is such a, a recipe for self consciousness and then all of the the um achievement and performance and self views come flooding in with their crampedness and their tightness and their nervousness and their you know, all that comes flooding in and it actually can tightens your breathing up. Because it, it affects you emotionally. And these emotional effects go right into your body. So. Mm. And then you put a few more things on top of that. You know, like, get calm. So get calm means, nothing down. <laughs> Hold that mind down, you know. Pin it down. Cut, cut, cut through. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think we think this, but those kind of instincts come up, right, just to try and hold the puppy down. A bouncy thing, you know. Oh, clear things away. So it's a lot of uh, that, that, call it the, the, the image of the person on the donkey, you know. His body, which is kind of like a donkey, kind of moseying along. There's a person, man or woman, sitting on top of it, kind of pulling it, tugging it, poking it. You know, come on, donkey, faster, slower. And the other, you know, that kind of controlling um, attitude. And it's really, you know. Obviously, control is a strong word. <coughs> it's, it, you know, we want to be able to, uh, you know, have a sense of order in what we're doing. But what's the self-view doesn't really realize is that there is an order which doesn't have to be imposed by the will from outside. There's a natural order and breathing 
actually is the one of the unifying order, just this continual tidal wave running through the body, which if you listen to it, you feel it, it starts to entrain, it starts to entrain the whole nervous system. So bodily, emotional, mental, psychological, it starts, everything starts to flow in line with that. You know, the donkey has got a perfect order within it. You know, <laughs> it's not as stupid as, you, as it seems, just because it doesn't think. And really what we are doing is just trying to connect to that order. So we we are actually clearly conscious of it. So we understand it with our with our brains, with our thoughts, with our ideas. So we can integrate something that's happening already. You know? Just consider a body. Consider the body. How many things it's doing perfectly well. You know, digesting food, synthesizing food, you know, changing um, oxygen, oxygenating the blood, synthesizing fats, breaking things down, sifting out uh, waste products. Um, You know, innumerable things it's doing knows exactly what it's doing. <laughs> you know, you couldn't create a, an instruction list long enough to, uh, to, to, dis- to tell a body what to do. It knows exactly what it's doing. It knows how to do it. Just see what happens. You're trying to describe what you need to do to, take, to walk. The amount of muscles that have to be attuned, balanced, exercised, and the, and the synchronizing of it all. And yet the body does it all mm. by itself. It's got it's perfectly intelligent, but it doesn't use words. It doesn't use those. So when I mean, we're so impressed with words and thoughts, we keep thinking we have to kind of impose those structures that way of looking at life onto experience. Otherwise it's just chaos. It isn't chaos, it's perfect order. And it's an order that is not just uh, orderly, it's also harmonious, it's harmonizing, it's um, calming, it's warming, it's it's settling, it's brightening, it's clearing. (coughs) purifying, it's enlightening when we tune into that. The body helps to set our heads straight rather than your head setting your body straight. (laughs) It helps. Now of course, you know, it's not as if the point is to tune into it because bodies are breathing in and out. People who are, you know, unenlightened Unenlightened, so. But uh, the enlightened person, or is someone who's actually tuned in and picked up the the order that's there, and used it to witness the spaces around their thoughts, the pressures of their emotions, 
the places of letting go, the continual sign of change, inconstancy, and not self. There isn't somebody there doing it. There isn't somebody who gets something out of it. There isn't somebody who can't do it. It's just a a noise, a ghost. Mm. That uh, disappears with light, with dawn. Control is a big uh, issue, you know, in our life lived on the outside, you know, speed cameras and closed circuit TV supervising us and kinds of no entry and do this and do that and uh, there's all these law and order going on all around us and the many, 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 many systems and structures we have to fit into. You know, all these little labels and words and numbers and figures, abstract. Nothing about what's happening inside. Nothing what's happening to me. It's about a world of them. You know, we're all them, aren't we? In the eyes of the law. So it's very, it's kind of abstracted. It's nothing to do with how you're feeling or, you know, the mood or the temperature or whatever. It's just this is abstract, divorced from personhood, intimacy, immediacy, presence. It's just out there. And we get to live out there. We get to operate out there. We get to be trained to be out there, you know. As you know, when you, you meet people who are monitoring this stuff, you meet the people in the uniforms with the badges who are monitoring this stuff, you know? and they don't talk to you, they talk to him and her. You know, <laughs> you notice that, you know, it's just like, excuse me, sir, you know, hello. <laughs> Nobody there, you know, it doesn't, that's not, that's not, that's not part of the, job is it really you know there's this kind of mechanical because you're a member of the public and um, you know maybe that's that's maybe that's the way it goes has to be I'm not it's not really a topic I want to go into but just noticing that that abstraction that uh, for one reason or another the society we, we live under we live with and we're taking our messages from that but meditation is the t- is the chance to actually come out of that world and come into presence your own unique moment of the time presence you know to, to come to another place where the order is different because the order is not abstract the order is direct the order is felt, the order is sensed. It's not instructed and commanded and laid down in words. It's felt and sensed from moment to moment.
you're, you're regaining your life when you meditate. You're regaining your life. You're taking it back. And it's such a such an opportunity. Certainly, I always feel <laughs> that I've been kind of doing this for many years, sort of teaching it. I always feel slightly ambivalent about even teaching it. You know, as if you've got to do something so that you'll be good enough for me. You know, or that I can you can you know I give you a pass mark or something. You, you've conformed to my system. You know, I thought, no, I don't don't like the feeling of that. I'd like you to to find yourself. You know, find your own way, your own harmony, your own balance, your own presence, your own your own value. Not something that somebody else is gonna decide whether you have or not. You know, uh, that some te- teacher's going to decide whether you've made it or not. <laughs> you know? Decide whether you're good enough or not, or whether... I don't want to be part of that, really. Because it's just the same message again. I don't know. Are you suffering or not? You know, you know that, and you know when you're not, and get a feeling for that. Can you be find that? And what do you do with that? One thing I prob- I'm pretty certain you're doing is breathing. Well, I might be wrong, <laughs> but I reckon you. So, are you? And then, can it be, I think, if you're like me, you like to feel comfortable and at ease. And so, can you get comfortable with that? How, does it, how do you make it fit? How do you make it something that's uh, not just another grim kind of got-to-do-it experience? And the beauty is that, uh, you know, it's already half there because breathing is a system that you know brightens, clears, energizes, relaxes the body. It informs the body, gives it energy. Yeah, and you can see it senses which are so um if you stop breathing for a while, the body will let you know that this is important. <laughs> and notice the, uh, uh, this on the physical level, notice even on the emotional level, how, you know, when you panic, when you're anxious, how your breathing is. When you're tense, how your breathing is. Sharp, short, tight. You know, when you're hurry when you're relaxed, when you're at peace. Just notice how how the, the breath is a physical representation of your emotional state. Mm-hmm. So the ability to have to fully breathe is actually a real blessing because it's a sense of that your emotional state is you know, 
healthy released. Now, situations likely to be that that one's emotional state isn't always that tuned in and happy and healthy and calm and relaxed. So when we come to that, oh goodness, I don't feel very good. There's the point, isn't it, where we can either tighten up and spin out, think about it, worry about it, make more of it, try and force our way through it, try and calm it down, um, wrap out a few orders, uh, we should be, or plead with it or something. Yeah. Or we could actually just open our hearts to that experience of agitation, loss, fear, worry, pressure, panic, you know, open the heart to it. We all have hearts, don't, and the time when we're in a jam is the last time you want to abandon your heart. This is the time to widen the heart, you know, and if we do just this, if we just meet the place where we're getting squeezed, where we're scared, where we're losing it, if we just meet that place and widen our hearts rather than abandon our hearts, then we've already done exactly what the Buddha has asked us to do, suggested to do. You just change from tight, control, panic, rush away, get spooked, you know, go into strategies, spin out, you shift from that into open, widen, get bigger than this, you know, get bigger than this, embrace this. This is the first, this is the noble truth, isn't it? Dukkha, stress, suffering is to be passed through, you know, to be widened around, to be understood. Not understood as an idea, but um, you know, I mean, people, this very word parinya, sometimes is thoroughly known or known. Um, Sister Covid, I was telling this morning, just the sense of of beyond you know so sort of getting getting beyond it so getting out of the tight squeezed place getting bigger than this it doesn't mean we squash it or fix it or answer it we just get bigger enough to embrace that everyone has their tight places everyone has their losing it places everyone has their lost places their bruised places their broken places their bleeding places their forgotten places you know everyone has these this is you know jati pi dukkha birth is dukkha <laughs> jarapi dukkha growing up is dukkha you know you take on uh, you know the joys, the happiness, you also take on the bruising. <coughs> take on the sense of griefs and loss and the quarrels and the misunderstandings and the unresolved conflicts that happen in our lives. And you're aware of the 
the uh, pain and the deprivations in the human realm and that has its effect it's not it's sad it can, it's at least it's, it's at least sad sometimes it's more than that sometimes it's very desperate the more you come into it these w- affect us you know they affect the heart and so you just have to kind of shrug and oh well you know keep going so a little bit of skin a little bit of hardness comes on it's the kind of thing that happens So you know, but really, to you know, to be fully alive, we're trying to, you know, we come back to being able every every day or every time we meditate to come back to where it's still, it's still alive. It's still not. It's still awake. It's still not given up. It's not hardened. It's not closed down. And this this is the we find in in the breathing system. It's what comes through it. So there's still the possibility of joy. It's still possible for us to be here with that. Hmm? As the in the Dhammapada it says, you know, we dwell in happiness amongst those who hate us. You know, not easy. <laughs> you know? But it's an interesting little proverb, isn't it? A little verse. You try and be happy with people who hate you. How do you do that? You know? Of course, this is pr- pretty high standard. You're saying right here, you know, this is mine. This is here. This is not lost. My presence, my heart, my connection. <coughs> you know, that's not lost. Nothing, you know, you know, nothing should make you feel you have to give that up. Come back to that. So it's always that chance for meditation is to come back to the place where we could be whole and light and joyful and warm and humorous and flowing and not kind of hardened and strategized and shrugging things off and putting up with stuff and getting by <laughs> you know that's this is this is a possibility for it but it means as we as we do this and i'm sure you're fully aware of this as you start to open then you what come you come into some of the the difficult the spin outs the the chaos the unresolved the inconclusive, the trouble, the worrying, the spinning <coughs> off, the so all that kind of stuff. And um, the jangle, the whole jangle going on in the in the system. And some of it's just pretty superficial froth and bubble, and some of it's stronger and deeper, you know, some of it's a little more embedded there. So when we as we come into our presence, our system, the whole system, you know, naturally no one wants to be there. No one wants to be in the difficult places. You know. But what we cultivate mindfulness of the body is to be able to 
move into the difficult places just purely in a almost in a bodily sense mm. without the thoughts and without the topics without the you know purely in a physical in a purely in a, a physical sense i mean actually not physical but somatic somatic means it's the in, it's the, the the intimate sense of the body the um intelligence of the body the you could call it the nervous system in the body. You know, the way the body knows balance. You don't have to think it. You know, you feel it. The body has that intelligence to know when you're leaning over on balance or about to fall over. It knows when you feel uptight and it knows when you feel re- relaxed. Yeah, that's simple form of somatic intelligence. You get an overall sense of something's not quite right here. Yeah, or you feel okay. So when you do that in your body, you come in. Oh, oh, shoulders tight. Let go. You know, you notice places. That's that's just checking in with yourself in a somatic sense. And that's the that's the sense that you use for mindfulness of breathing. And you can prime it. You can say with your thought like just tell me about breathing but then the answer comes from the the body the somatic sense and the answer is kind of flowing um, soft um, long um, a little bit tight here sort of quite slow or speedy or short or whatever it is you know, feeling for it And this is a uh, um, so you're learning to 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 listen to that that language, and this itself is really useful because once you learn that, you can also learn you can refer to some of these um, difficulties in the same way. So rather than you know feeling really angry or sad, you think feeling sort of fiery fire g- g- tight or sinking or heavy you know so you get these simple somatic impressions and the beauty of this is they don't carry the kind of um, um, connotations that come up when you use the other language so when you say feeling you know, sad, then, oh dear, that's wrong. Feeling sad is wrong. Something wrong with you. Cheer up. Uh, you know, so immediately in comes the self-view, control, change it, fix it, become something else. And sad, be happy. No, yeah, But actually, sad is just the word and happy is just the word. And you can't move from one word to the other. You can't. You can move easily on the page. But you can't move in your emotions like that. You can't say, "Okay, now let's let's do love, and now let's do um, generous, and now let's do happy, and now let's do confident." You know, it doesn't. It's not traffic lights. You can't just push buttons on them. You have to feel it. So you don't. You can't go to the ideas. Aren't going to do it. 
you go to the felt, the feeling sense of sad. You're kind of, you know, low energy. Sort of sense of not much lift. Perhaps closed sense around the heart or protective sense around the heart. So you just get these kind of felt impressions and then breathing through. Feel the rhythm of the breathing behind that. So you just put the two together. The feeling of breathing or the feeling of your body or the feeling of the healthy state. You put that behind or against the difficult feeling. Mm. And you're not trying to even not trying to get rid of it or change it. You just want to meet it. So that's that's another sort of subtle piece. Mm. Of it. To not you know, to understand to be with, to pass through rather than to eliminate and get rid of and fix and have change it. And the beauty is it changes by itself. When you meet the difficult, when you meet the stuck place, <coughs> something just kind of starts to pick up. People do this all the time, don't they? That's why, you know, you, you, when you're having a problem, you go and see somebody and talk to them about it. Because they, they help you to meet it. Some people do. Some people just sit in their rooms and mope, of course. <laughs> Bury it. <laughs> well, different ways of dealing with it. But with you can breathing into these things or letting the breath energy pass through that or just letting the sense of your body be there with that and of course of course the heart the sense of no pressure no demands all the time in the world you know just want to support this being present with this not abandoning yourself with this that's the only rule don't abandon yourself just be present with it that's it don't fix it change it understand it be something else just be present with it and uh, what sustains that you know the breathing energy itself draws energy from the para from the lower body you know from this place of, of strength and it, it connects all these places, the, the gathering place of power, which is in your lower body, the emotive places in your upper body, it flows through the whole thing. So you're continually touching into these, these bases, where you feel yourself opening, brightening, where you, self, you feel yourself firming up and, and settling down, you know, that sense of the firmness of the out-breath or the, the, the lower body. So it's actually drawing those energies through the system. So you, and it's got an emotional effect. Hmm? Why, you know, when you want to start something, you say, take a deep breath. What's that going to do with anything? Because the in-breath is a kind of rising up, 
you know, let's go for it, emotional uplift, isn't it? Yeah. And then when you um, want to relax, you breathe out. Say you take a breather, breathing out, because it has that effect. So these simple effects, just continually running over these difficult places in ourselves, have their effect. And all we really have to do is just keep the sense of putting the two together, you know, letting the two touch each other. You know, not kind of... So with this, you, you don't want to be busy doing something else, like trying to get good at meditating. <laughs> you know, because then that, that's another activity. You know, you just want to be very purely putting acknowledging putting the two to putting the two together yeah. even if you're not getting a crystal clear <laughs> as if anybody ever as if breathing is crystal clear who says it is <laughs> it's it, when you write it as a word it's crystal clear <laughs> words are like that but breathing isn't like it's a kind of fuzzy tired of suffusive senses and sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it slips away it's a natural thing Hmm. but just that just that thread (coughs) of the something that works by itself breathing in, breathing out Breathing in, breathing out. This is why Buddha recommended it. You know. Mm-hmm. So the the senses that are, that uh, come along with this is it is first of all the ability to just keep in touch, which is called vitaka vichara. You know, just keep bringing that to mind, bringing that to mind. And generally for myself, I just use a question because it's much less, it's not so tight as a, as a command, you know. So it's get with the breathing, it tightens up already. But if it's, are you breathing? It's a much, it's not such a tight kind of experience, <laughs> isn't it? Because you say, maybe you're not, maybe there's no such thing. Who knows? Yes, there is. How do you know that? And then, so that's the vitaka, the kind of. And then, how is it for you? <coughs> is it a kind of fluttery, raspy sense, or a stirring sense, or a swelling sense? How does it feel? Get a picture of it in your mind's eye, and that's that's evaluate. That's vichara, when you really, you know, get the image or the sense, and you just, you know. So obviously the word is breathing, that's vitaka, the sense of it, that comes from sustaining your, uh, yourself, uh, your, that question, what is it, picking up, what happens, what, f- what it feels like for you. Mm. Maybe it's just something that happens between your eyes, you know, up at the top of your head. Like the bridge of your nose. Maybe it's something just kind of a little light that flickers there. It could be anywhere, really. 
because it, it goes through the whole body. <coughs> maybe it's like fire, maybe it's like air, maybe it's like water, maybe it's like light, <coughs> maybe it's like smoke. Mm. So that's up for you to know yourself, what, it's, what it feels like. What it feels like, where it really feels, you know, you're, you're not trying to make it f- feel a certain way, then it's comfortable because it's, it, you receive it as it is. And then the, the mind feels, is in the right position. It's just comfortable because you, you're sitting back, sitting back in yourself with that, letting it come to you. You're not chasing it around. So with this, what um, comes up is the quality of uh, refreshment, joy, uplift, good piti, and then ease, ease, a sense of ease. So these are these are the signs, and and this is what uh, when the the Buddha says what he talks about samadhi says when your when your body is relaxed, your mind will be happy. When your mind is happy, it will it will be concentrated. Yeah. It says it requires no further effort of the will. It says when your when your body is rested, is relaxed, is comfortable, your mind will be happy. It does not require an effort of the will. No further effort is required. When your mind is happy it will concentrate by itself because the happy mind naturally sits in its own happiness. <laughs> you know, you, you don't run away from happiness. The kind, this kind of happiness, which is the happiness of, of ease, you know, something you deeply wants to, to be with that. You deeply want ease. It's not just a f- passing fad. Yeah, you really crying out for it. So when you get, you know, when the mind comes into that, it really wants to sit down in that, and that's what's called samadhi, (laughs) (laughs) which is a very different thing from tightening your head up to try to concentrate. Very different experience, because that's coming from the outside, isn't it? That's coming from the idea of to get concentrated, tighten your head up, rather than just come into yourself, come into your own presence, feel this ground, feel the rhythm. Of Rhythm is very important, why in and out breathing? You see, that's the only, the thing that the Buddha, when he talks of Anapanasati, he says, breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in short, breathing out short. Breathing in long, breathing out long. Breathing soft, you know, it's always in and out. So it's the, it's the in and out, not a particular point in your body that's important. It's not whether you focus on it in your nose or your chest or your belly. You focus wherever you feel it. The important thing is in out because that's the rhythm, you know, that's the flow. And what bodies know is rhythm makes us feel at home, makes us feel comfortable. Rhythm, yeah? 
That's why you're rocking babies is a good idea, isn't it? Jenny calms them down. <laughs> you know, because it's this very primary. It's very primary. Yeah, it's not an idea. It's a basic sense. When you feel rhythm, you feel, oh, okay. I, you know, it's alive. You're comfortable. This is why, again, the idea of stillness is such a, such a thing to be cautious about. There is a stillness that comes from being able to rest within this rhythm. You know, there is a stillness because you're not fighting or struggling, you've rested. It's just like you're, you're lying there or you're sitting there very still with this comfortable rhythm. It's that kind of stillness. It's not the stillness of frozen in deep freeze, suspended animation, you know, shackled still, pinned down still. Deserted still, you know, kind of a bleak, blank, outer space stillness. The Ajahn Chah called it still flowing water. You know, how you have a river, in some ways it's perfectly calming and still, and it's all, but it's all full of ripples and flows, you know, because. The stillness is that it stays within those boundaries and it's just um, steadying, it's the steadying effect. So rhythm, just tuning into rhythm is, is a lovely, calming and gladdening experience because it starts to take out the stiffness and the tightness and the jumpiness and the jink jangliness, you know. You've got something that entrains the system to soothe. Yeah. This is what we mean by tranquility. Or you know, the Buddha talks about thorough, you know, thoroughly sensitive to the body energy, to the kaya, what's called kaya sankara, to this this somatic energy, that which gives you the impression of the body. Thoroughly sensitive to it, and then soothing, calming it. Just uh, like uh, take a break now, just no pressure, relax, just soothing, steady. Just can you do a little bit less? That's the that's the question to ask yourself. Not can you get more? Can you do a little less? <laughs> yeah. So this is this is the tranquility aspect of it, and when you do less, then of course your energy is not get bound up with that. So the mind is quite bright and clear because it's not taking on unnecessary work, and you sort of contemplate. You can witness clearly. You can discern. You can learn things. So this is, uh, you know, the what I what I what I offer for uh, for reflection on uh, this process because it's something that uh, you know I feel it's the the Buddha it's the only th- it's the main thing the Buddha taught in meditation saying you know the Buddha's. Uh, Existence is there for uh, to guide us, 
and help us. And to me, this is an important thing to to try to understand why and how precious it is, and how actually to to find that quality to even under, you know itself is so valuable because it it begins to transform the way we relate to ourselves rather than the control from the outside conform from the outside you know fit in from the outside it's harmonize from the inside harmonize from within let that spirit an attitude of harmony the acceptance even of conflict in oneself you know the witness the feeling for conflict you know the sense of feeling around it and opening up to that and being present with that allowing your 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 breathing your presence to to just just to be present with the conflict mm. you know. so it's it's in this is enormously transformative for normal attitudes of life this is the uh you know the what the buddha called the, the noble truths the things that he said only buddhas really know this have taught this this is you know to, because this the shift from tightening up fixing controlling getting out of conflict to actually widening breathing into softening around the difficult places is is really a you know a master stroke <laughs> And it's the you practice it, you'll see you'll see the results. You'll see the results definitely. So let's uh, have, take a few moments break. <coughs>